0: Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 104. Today I'm talking to you about foods you over-desire that are hindering you both losing weight and figuring out the relationship you want to have with food. But before I talk to you about some things you can do to help yourself, let's just clear up any diet mentality that you may have about good and bad foods and foods that you think you should or should not be having. There is nothing to be gained by labelling foods as good or bad. Or naughty or treat foods. When we give foods these labels it creates unnecessary layers of emotion around our eating of them. It contributes to feelings of shame or it could be feelings of gleeful rebellion or feelings of self-pity. All sorts of unhelpful emotions that we create for ourselves when we say things like we shouldn't have whatever it may be a blueberry muffin with our coffee for example or that we're not allowed the dessert after our dinner or let's eat it quick before anyone sees us. None of this is helpful. I encourage you to think about neutralizing the emotional attachment you have to foods that you consider naughty or bad or treat foods or any other generic labels that you apply to them. And also, whilst you work at neutralizing your unhelpful thoughts about food, don't judge yourself for having them in the first place. It's really normal and it is a reflection of the lives that we've lived in the world that we live in today, because everybody labels food in these ways. Don't judge yourself for doing it. Just notice that you are and think about how you can neutralize the language that you use around how you describe food. Okay, so now that we've got that clarification out of the way, let's consider the foods that we over-desire. So what's the difference between desire and over-desire? Well, I'm going to consider that the foods we over-desire are those foods we eat in such a way that it creates a net negative result in our life, likely to be being overweight in this case, or it could be feeling totally out of control around that particular food. When we feel over-desire, we may notice some inner conflict, an inner conversation that we shouldn't maybe be eating said food, but we eat it anyway. Our overdesire for certain foods is created by the stories we tell ourselves about that food and our relationship with it, paired with the physiological responses that happen in our brain and body when we eat those foods. Nine times out of 10, or maybe more like 98 times out of 100, the foods that members of the academy talk about when they're explaining about the struggles that they're having with overdesire are highly refined foods or we might consider them ultra processed foods. Foods that have been processed and broken down that are typically high in sugar or fat and or salt. Foods that maybe contain lots of different ingredients broken down and processed and refined together. Foods such as biscuits, bread, cakes, pasta, chocolate, ice cream, crisps, crackers, sweets, processed nuts, sometimes processed cheeses too. Never has a member talked about the lack of control that they feel Around eating cod or broccoli. Often the conversations about overdesire come up because members are unsure whether they should have the said foods that they overdesire in the house and work at managing their overdesire or whether they should be not purchasing them to make things easier for themselves. So, why do we overdesire such foods? Well, it's because when we eat these foods, they cause a surge of dopamine in our brain than we get from eating fish and broccoli because of their refined and concentrated ingredients. And we like that high that we get from the dopamine, the pleasure neurotransmitter. We tell ourselves how good it tastes and we learn to eat that food again when the opportunity arises. And when we repeat this pattern of seafood or it could be smell food or some other trigger, think delicious thoughts about the food that cause our desire for that food and we eat it, and we confirm its deliciousness. And then that cycle gets repeated over and over again until it's delegated to our lower brain and becomes habitual until eventually it feels like something that just happens and we feel as though we have no control over it. The good news is that you absolutely do. And in the academy, you learn how to break that cycle and decondition your desire for that food. And you can break that cycle in a number of different ways, in a number of different places within that cycle. But today, what I want to talk to you about is the thinking part of that cycle. So you can break the cycle, as I said, in a number of different ways, but today we're focusing on the thinking part of it. In fact, we may even say your beliefs about these foods that you over-desire are also often very, very specific because many of you think that you don't have a choice in how much you love these foods. Some of you think you're addicted to them, and when you're unaware of how you have the ability to change your relationship with these specific foods or categories of food, you're missing out on making your weight loss journey easier. So the purpose of today's podcast is to show you that you are fully empowered when it comes to your ability to change your tastes, to change the desires that you have for food. Think about it. When else have your tastes changed in your life? I was with a group of midlife women the other day, and we were all talking about how we got the dreaded perm back in the late eighties or early nineties maybe. Back then it was seen as desirable to have a permed head of hair, but then very quickly for most of us, our tastes changed. We moved away from seeing that as something desirable and we moved on to other hairstyles. Other ways in which our tastes change all the time are when it comes to fashion, how we like to decorate our houses, even our tastes in partners. For many of you, those will have changed a number of times during the course of your life. Maybe the person you were madly in love with in your teens or early 20s is not someone you feel the same way about now. And I reflect on this because I want you to know that how you think and feel about certain foods right now, foods that you're over-desiring, can absolutely change too. And you can create that change for yourself. Some of you may have been smokers who thought you could never give up, whereas now the idea of having a cigarette makes you gag. So how do you go about using thought work, because that's what we're talking about here, to change your tastes, to change the thoughts and beliefs that you have about certain foods? So let's recap quickly. Why do we want to change our thinking around this? So a thought is a sentence in your mind that you may be thinking consciously or subconsciously. And Changing our thinking changes our lives because our thoughts determine how we feel and how we feel determines how we act, which is essentially what we do or don't do. And how we act, what we do or don't do, will determine what we have or don't have in our lives. And by that, I mean the outcome or the results that we create. When we think everything at the buffet lunch, at our off-site work day, for example, tastes delicious we're likely to feel the desire to eat more than we may typically eat for lunch on a normal day. And we respond to that over-desire by eating more. And then we feel the ill effect of that and only later realise that, and this is what we may say to ourselves, yet again, and we probably say that in a way because we're human, in a way that feels judgmental, we say yet again, we messed up and over and will not see the result we want on the scales the next time we weigh ourselves. And then judgment and frustration sits heavy with us. And then it's difficult to eat the salad we planned for dinner because, well, we need to eat something to comfort ourselves away from the judgment and frustration we're feeling. And of course, we can layer that with some diet mentality, which is something along the lines of, well, I messed up what I had for lunch. So I may as well eat foods that I wouldn't normally eat for dinner and start again tomorrow. Okay, but what we don't do is question our belief That everything at that buffet tastes delicious. That is what we told ourselves, even if it is at an habitual or subconscious level, that had us eating more than we would normally eat, that has us keep going back for more. So we need to start there. We need to start with our thoughts and our beliefs about the items on that buffet. Now, in the moment when you're hungry... Just maybe coming out of a difficult meeting or whatever it is, it's difficult in that moment to be okay. Let me stand here and observe my thinking and what my beliefs are about this food right here in front of me. We don't really sort of give ourselves the opportunity to ponder the deliciousness of those buffet items and whether or not we really want them. That is just not going to happen. You're hungry, you've got slightly elevated stress levels, maybe, and your primal brain thinks that food is the answer and you absorb yourself in that food. So what we want to do, though, is we want to still work at changing our thoughts and beliefs about the food, but in a different way at a time that would work better for us. And my suggestion is that you do that as a part of a daily journaling practice, taking maybe 10 to 20 minutes each day to become aware of and explore and update your thinking. That can totally help you rewrite your relationship with food. It can make it easier for you to not feel overdesire the next time you're staring at the buffet table. In fact, it could even be that you find yourself looking at those foods and thinking, I wouldn't eat those foods now if someone paid me. And I say that because that is how I now feel about it. I've gone from someone who would be, great, buffet, I can eat lots of delicious food today or free buffet. And whereas now I'd be like, literally, I really don't want to eat any of that. My old story would have been, I love buffet food. I love small bites of lots of different food items to enjoy. I love the salty, fatty, carbohydrate starchiness, whatever it is, of pastry and bread-crumbed, coated bites of chicken or fish or cheese. And then that you can make them even more sugary or salty or fatty by dipping those items into something else. It's like an explosion of sweet, fatty, saltiness in my mouth. And because I really have no clue how much I'm eating because I'm devouring the food, as I put it on my plate, I can just keep going back for more. And I can delight in that pleasure over and over again. Now, did I think all of that when I looked at a buffet table? Of course not. It was all taking place habitually in my lower level of consciousness because it's what I had unknowingly taught myself after decades of eating buffet food. And what do I now think? Well, I think that eating buffet food now will contribute to maybe developing type 2 diabetes, having a heart attack, having a stroke in the long run. In the short run, it will lead to feeling overly full without being truly satisfied. It will lead to leaving a fatty taste in my mouth and probably some inflammation and indigestion. Thinking I wouldn't eat that if you paid me feels like the truth to me. And as an aside, of course, I am talking about the typical buffet foods of sandwiches, sausage rolls, quiche, chicken nuggets or little pieces of chicken fish goujons in batter. I'm not talking about a buffet made up of delicious salads, poached salmon and chicken thighs. So how do you rewire your thinking about certain foods? And whilst we're using buffet food here as an example, it could be your thinking about desserts, wine, crisps, anything at all that you over desire. Well, firstly, you've got to increase your awareness of your current thoughts. You've got to dig them out of your lower levels of consciousness and start to ask yourself what you truly think of a specific food item, and then observe how true your thoughts and beliefs are about that food for you. So let me give you an example. Sticking with buffy foods of so sandwiches, crisps, sausage rolls, and let's say those chicken nuggets, start to ask yourself what you think of each of those foods in turn, Do you desire each of them equally? What is it you like about the foods that are your favourite? Write down all your thoughts about those foods and why you like them and then start to ask yourself if your thoughts about those foods are true. For example, my thoughts about sausage rolls might have been something like, I like the flaky pastry. I like how they are warm but not hot. I like the meaty, fatty, saltiness. I like that they are gone in two mouthfuls and then I get to eat another one. I might think they feel like a treat because I don't have them very often. Once I uncover my default thinking, I want to question the truth in it. Is it true that sausage rolls always have flaky pastry that tastes so good? Well, actually, that pastry is sometimes dry and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it actually doesn't taste that good at all. Is it true that sausage rolls are always served warm and not too hot or cold? Or well, no, because actually they're rarely the temperature that I like them. More often than not, they are cold. And if I purchase one at a shop and ask them to warm it up, often it's too hot and it doesn't taste anywhere near as good. What about the meat in them? Does that always taste good? Well, actually, no, more often than not, the meat is a little tasteless or worse, it's got hints of gristle. Yuck. And what about the fact that they are a treat because you don't have them very often? Well, whilst it's true that I don't have them very often, that's probably by choice because the truth is that as a grown human adult, I can eat them whenever I want. And I can probably source them in a way that I have more control over how good they are rather than just having them because they're available at a free buffet. Now, I realise I'm really elaborating the point here, but do you see how I'm talking myself out of my default sausage roll beliefs. Now, have I done this with every single food item in my life? Absolutely not. Because the thing is that when you start to become more aware of the foods you desire, that you think are great and delicious, and you start showing yourself, and by that I mean your mind and your brain, that maybe your story about that food is not accurate, and maybe in fact it's far from the truth, you'll then start to notice how wrong you are about other foods too. You'll notice that even foods that have been your absolute pleasure foods don't taste so pleasurable on the sixth mouthful, or at least not as pleasurable as they did on the first. And you might even notice that by the 10th mouthful, it's actually the opposite of pleasure and it feels like more of an endurance test to continue eating it. And when you notice this, then you start to see that you can appreciate and enjoy a couple of mouthfuls of those foods and that's when you get the maximum pleasure from them. So I'm encouraging you to really explore your default thoughts and beliefs about foods you over desire and be curious as to how you might reduce your desire for them by changing how you think about them. Coming back to the buffet, in addition to what I shared about questioning my beliefs about sausage rolls, remember that I also threw in A sort of flurry of thoughts about diabetes and heart attacks and strokes. Pretty dramatic stuff. Oh my goodness, doesn't a lot of evidence exist to support that belief system? We can choose what we want to think about foods that hinder us losing weight and our thoughts about those foods that hinder us having the relationship with food that we want whenever we want to. We can look inwards to uncover our own alternative thinking, as I did with the sausage roll example, and also outwards to find research and evidence to update our story from scientific research. When we change how we think about these foods, we turn off our desire for them. And turning off our desire for them means less internal conflict, feelings of deprivation and willpower. Turning off our desire for those foods makes weight loss easier because we don't want the foods that make weight loss more difficult. And when you do the mindset work, you're breaking the thought feeling, desire, eating, physiological response in your body, aka the dopamine reward cycle. You are deconditioning your body's response to those foods at a psychological level too. If you want help applying what you learn here to create a relationship with food that you love so that you can lose and manage your weight for life, come and join us in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy or My One Life Mastermind. Right now, we're taking applications for the next Mastermind program, which is our small group six-month program. If you're interested, please email support at and we'll get you the details. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at coaching.